How ready are you to have the kids go back to school? So ready. Tomorrow. So ready. Can can you be more definitive in your So ready. Like I need something like more. I am ridiculously ready for them to go back to school. It's been a crazy couple of weeks at our house. Yeah. Unfortunately, Zoe was in contact with somebody at school who tested positive for COVID. She brought it home. We've been stuck together for two weeks. More about it in a second. Welcome to the Pretty Happy Podcast. My name is Sam. And I'm Sarah, and we're the parents of Zoe, a child with Brett syndrome. And yes, all of us caught COVID. Yes, we did. It was super miserable. And it was one of those things that really wasn't anything that we could do other than just keep Zoe home from school, which it's not ideal. She doesn't like it. No, she loves going to school. So it was really unfortunate and... Uh, just not fun at all. And so anyways, we've, we've had to keep the kids home for the past couple of weeks. I've been working from home for the past couple of weeks. We've been in each other's faces for a very long time and yeah, we're ready, ready, (laughs) ready, (laughs) ready to send everybody back to to other places. Yes. Well, I think you mean you're ready to send the rest of us. Yes. (laughs) To go to other places. I'm ready for Zoe and Sammy to go back to school. I'm ready for you to go back to work. Yeah. I'm ready for Peter to have his morning naps. Yeah. I'm I'm ready. Yep. Get back to so more ready. of a routine. So anyways, uh, we won't get into the dirty details of, of the experience. All I'm going to say about it is it was not fun. It was not pleasant. So be safe. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's, this was this was kind of a situation that was completely out of our control. And I know there's a lot of other people who are experiencing that, too. Yeah. And it's just it just kind of is what it is. Life happens, you know, especially with this new variant. So anyways, let's uh, move on to something else. Sarah, you yeah. have something really exciting to share with us. You and Zoe had the pleasure to be able to go to the RET clinic before we, uh, we all got COVID. So tell us a little bit about that. It was good. It was really good. So this is our second time going to the RET clinic in Denver. And it was a little bit different from the first time. First time we were there for like six hours. Mm -hmm. From We were there in appointments from noon until about six Mm -hmm. o'clock. This time we, our appointment was at 8 a.m., and we were in our appointment until ooh, 11, I think. Okay. From 8 to 11. Um, we didn't see as many specialists. We only saw four. I want to say we saw four specialists. Um, and it was really, really good. I mean, Zoe, oh my gosh. She was on fire with her Toby, her talker. 
I set that up on the on the table they have in there, the exam table. And Zoe, the first thing she did when our neurologist and the director of the rec clinic came into the room was she told them she was hungry and she wanted a banana. And so off he went to go find her a banana. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you asked for a banana? I'm going to go find you a banana. I'll be back. <laughs> I found out later that um, he went to the doctor's lounge, which is like on a different floor, <laughs> to try and find her a banana. Didn't find one. Brought an orange back. He apologized to her and, and said that he hoped it was okay. Um, which she happily ate, so it was fine. Our but, kids, our kids enjoy eating all types of fruit. Yeah. So yeah, she was, she was content with that. She was, she was, um, yeah, but it was, it was a really good experience for us. Um, Zoe was talking to everyone that came in. Oh my gosh. She was, she had a different thing. Like she had a different topic with each person that came in to the room. Um, my favorite, though, was she went to her joke page and asked the dietitian and the GI doctors that were in there if they wanted to hear a joke. And they said, yeah, I want to hear a joke. And Zoe waits for a second and then says, tricked you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Want to hear a joke, guys? Just kidding. Uh, um, <laughs> that's just Zoe, though. Like it's it's totally Zoe. And then she told mm -hmm. them, and then she told them a joke. Would you like to hear the joke that uh, she told them? Sure. Okay. Why do ducks have tail feathers? I don't know. Why do ducks have tail feathers? To cover their butt quacks. <laughs> It's <laughs> definitely one that she goes to quite a bit. So. It is. She loves that one. And the GI got a really big kick out of it. He thought it was very appropriate for uh, his line of work. <laughs> so he really appreciated yeah. it. Um, and then when they're laughing at the joke, she says, that's disgusting. <laughs> Sally, like, you're the one that told the joke. Oh, my um, gosh, kid. Yeah. She was hilarious. Um, and then after, so after we met with all of the doctors, uh, we had to do, we had to go get an EKG done mm -hmm. um, and some blood work, check levels and whatnot. Naturally. Um, as Zoe has Rett syndrome, they like to do a, a yearly EKG. So this was her annual. Um, yeah, but it was a really good experience. The best part, though, was so the the way that they have it set up is they do returning appointments in the morning, and then in the afternoon they'll see new patients. So all of all of us returning, there were four families. We all talked to each other beforehand, and we all met up in the cafeteria because you're not technically supposed to like mingle and stuff. So. We all just decided on our own that we were going to stop and have lunch after <laughs> our appointments. And we just happened to all sit at the same table. Oh, my gosh. 
breaking the rules. <gasps> yeah, we did. But it was awesome. It was so, so nice. So we knew one of the families that was there already. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two families, I had talked to one of them on social media before. And the other family, I didn't know at all. And it turns out they're actually, they live pretty close to us, which is really cool. Um, but it was so cool that, like, if if somebody had walked, you walk through the cafeteria and you see these four girls and they're all, they all have their Tobys out and they're all just chatting away and asking for things. And it's just, it was so cool. Like just the camaraderie and mm-hmm. the community and, you know, like I needed to go get food and they were just like, oh yeah, you can leave Zoe with us to, while you go get food, you know? And it was just so nice because I didn't worry about it at all. Mm. I was just like, okay, because I knew anything that Zoe would throw at them between the three families, they've seen it all. Like, they've seen everything that Zoe can throw at them. Yeah, they'd be able to handle it. Yeah, and so it was just, it was so nice because I didn't have to worry about, you know, if Zoe was going to be too loud or if if her... Her voice was going to be distracting and I didn't have to explain anything to anybody because they all just got it. Mm-hmm. Like that was so nice. It was really, really nice. That's good. Yeah. So I also asked Zoe a couple of questions about the rec clinic and her experience. Mm, yes. This is what she told me. Um, Zoe thought that the clinic was fantastic she thought that the doctors were good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but her favorite part um, was sleeping over at her friend's house. Mm. Because we got to... So one of the families um, that was going to the clinic that day, they live closer. And they invited Zoe and I to go and sleep at their house because mm-hmm. we had an early morning appointment. Um, they offered to let us go sleep at their house. We'd be closer and the kids would get to spend time with each other and, and whatnot. Um, and that was Zoe's favorite part was spending the night, which I think was probably more the morning was her favorite part because she fell asleep in the car and stayed asleep, like getting her into the house and getting her put down <laughs> and everything. So she didn't see anybody. She fell asleep in the car and woke up in a bed. Like in a different house, in a different house. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but she did get to spend some time with her friend that morning and they had breakfast together and Mm -hmm. it was just really cool because I mean, they'd kind of look at each other and you could tell that they were like, Oh, that person gets it. Like, you know, yeah. like there was just an understanding between them, which was really cool. So yeah. So that was her favorite part. Which I love, because I'm like, you know, she needs, she needs friends that get it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I love that she has friends at school, and, and that she's getting along with people at school. At the same time, I wish there were kids more like her Mm -hmm. at school to have that connection with. 
Not that I would wish Rett syndrome on anyone. Yeah, but if there happened to be a family who had yeah. a child nearby, yeah, going to the same school, that would be that would be really really awesome for her. That would be a good support system for both of them. Yeah, exactly. And they uh, hopefully wouldn't feel so isolated. First and foremost, you would hope that they would get along. Yeah, that's true. Because who knows? They Maybe they wouldn't get along. Yeah, maybe they would hate each other. <laughs> and it would be a terrible idea. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? So, But uh, yeah, they would definitely be able to provide, you'd hope, provide some support yeah. to each other. So, Yeah. Well, speaking of RET clinics, uh, there was also a little bit of news that has come out oh, in the past couple of weeks i think it was uh and this is pretty exciting because currently there are uh, 24 rett syndrome clinics across the united states and the children's hospital in los angeles is now expanding space specifically related to rett care so i'll just read a quick little uh, section of this uh, article the Rett Syndrome Clinic at Children's Hospital Los Angeles has been relaunched in an expanded space and expects to enhance individualized care for children with the disorder. The new Neurological Institute Outpatient Center opened this year at the hospital's Sunset Boulevard campus. It aims to provide comprehensive care for children with neurological and neuromuscular conditions among other disorders. We're going to leave a note to, or not a note, a link to the press release in the show notes, and you can read more about not only the RET clinic, but also what uh, this entire facility is going to mean for people living in that area. But that's really exciting to have expanded space and be able to provide more specialized care to individuals that need it. So congratulations to those of you living in the area. I hope it is a positive and a, a good, impactful uh, change that comes to your community. Welcome back, everybody. We are very excited to have some special guests with, uh, with us today. A very special family who comes to us from New Zealand, the Sharmas, Nick and Neoma, who are the parents of their daughter, Nishaya. And on Instagram, I constantly see you guys post her nickname is Nishi. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. All right. Good. I got that right. But we are so happy to have you guys come on the show and share a little bit about your family and some really, a really cool project that Nishi is doing with your support. Before we get into that, though, we want to meet you guys as a family. So why don't we just jump into it and tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, look, firstly, I just want to say thanks very much for having us on the show. Uh, but yeah, look, um, we're a, a small little family. So myself, um, uh, my wife, Norma, and a little daughter, Nishaya. Uh, so you know, pretty much uh, life revolves around Nishaya. She's our little princess. Um, and she obviously, <laughs> as, as you know, you know they, they, 
They are very energetic. You know, there's uh, lo- loads of demands as well. Uh, but, you know, life is just amazing uh, to have her and be in her presence. And, um, you know, we, we try and have a balanced life. You know, we... We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we try not to let... We try not to let Zoe's diagnosis stop us from, you know, sure. living life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we do the same. We don't let it hold us back from doing anything. Obviously, we're very selective about what we can do with Nishaya physically. Yeah. But, you know, life is, we just, we, I think we've created an amazing life, um, Nick and I, around Nishaya. And Nishaya doesn't know any different. She's just a little normal girl, a happy, happy girl. So I think, yeah, it, it does really come down to the parents, how you create a life for your child, you know. Yeah. You don't want to make them feel like they're any different from anyone else. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now, Nishaya, she is uh, your only child. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, yeah, one and only. So we've, we, I've, I've talked with some other people who do not have uh, – special needs children before. And when I've shared with them a little bit about our experience, mine and Sarah's, there's a lot of sympathy and just, oh, woe is you sort of thing. And obviously Sarah and I don't feel that way because Mm. that's all we know is Zoe this way. And I'm assuming it's kind of the same way in your family as well, that when people um, come at you with sympathy, which is well-intentioned, it's, you're like, I think you're directing this at the wrong person because this is all we know. This, this is our family, right? F- sorry, no, absolutely. Um, I think that's that's correct. Um, this is who Nishaya is. The diagnosis is separate from Nishaya. That's something mm. that Nishaya carries, but that doesn't make Nishaya as a whole. For us, our daughter is our child. That's all we've known. We've never had any other childlike love for that. that you know, for us, Nishaya's love is what we know. So definitely, I think um, I think people are quite taken back by how actually, uh, in our experience, how we sort of, you know, how, how we have taken things with Nishaya. I, there, there is a lot of sympathy. But on the other hand, I think because of the way we've, we kind of live in a positive world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, just to add to that, I mean, we, we've created a life where, you know, I think you've got two options in life. Like you got, you're either going to survive or you're going to thrive. Um, and I think, you know, very early on, uh, we made this decision that, you know, we were going to do everything possible uh, to have an amazing life. And, you know, we deserved it, but also Nishaya really deserved it. So um, I think, you know, in our family dynamic um, and, you know, just in the world, uh, we show up doing things that, you know, doesn't make us put us into a special category. Uh, for anything, you know, we're really trying to punch above um, our weight and, you know, try and do things that just, you know, I guess it's it's kind of being a role model for Nishara as well to know that, you know, you can do anything you want uh, in life. Yes, there'll be challenges and, you know, there'll be things you have to face. Uh, but I think it really, it really comes down to building that sort of self-esteem and, you know, building a, a life that you're happy with, you know, day to day. So I love that. I, I love how you you said that, or Nilma, how you said that um, Nisha is separate from her diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about Nisha now. What is she like? I know she's happy. Mm-hmm. What else? So Nishaya loves music. That's something she's connected to from a very, very early on, um, even before she was diagnosed, because Nishaya got diagnosed at the age of three. So Nishaya used to, every time she heard music, she would dance, you know, do a little 
booty shake and stuff. Um, and that's obviously, it's stopped now, but the music has stayed with her. She absolutely loves music. Um, and we've got one particular music. It's an Indian mu- music. She loves Bollywood music more. So we've got one particular music. Yeah. yeah, it's a song that she absolutely loves. If she is in a cranky mood or if she's getting frustrated or she's about to break into like a screaming spell, um, if we catch it, uh, at the right moment, play that song, everything kind of dissolves. So that song has been a savior for us. <laughs> I was going to say. And we have, yeah, and we, when we look at the view on YouTube, it says past 1 million views. And I'm like, in 10 years, Nishai has contributed to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, she absolutely loves music and she loves to eat. Um, Nishai, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's retained a few words. So, all of a sudden, she started saying, if I'll ask Kanishi, what would you like for lunch or dinner? She'll say lamb. Everything is lamb. So I'm not too sure if lamb is lamb is the meat or lamb is just something yummy. Uh-huh. So um, that's one which she has retained, lamb. Oh, that's um, awesome. She's a, she, yeah, she's a little eater. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, um, she's definitely her character. Uh, so I think, you know, she's, she's, you know, a lot of energy. I think, you know, there's... Um, what we really appreciate about her is that, you know, she's really straight up and, you know, she'll tell you what she feels and what she wants and she can be quite demanding, but at the same time, you know, the, the love that you get from her uh, verbally, non-verbally um, it's yeah, really resonates, you know, with, with her name. It's a funny story. This So uh, Nishaya's name actually means pure and native American. And we just name named her because we're trying to find a name starting with N that kind of, closely linked to my my name and and Nilma's name but yeah it's um quite ironic that you know what she gives us is really pure love at the end of the day all of that is so beautiful and I can tell that Nishaya gets this positivity from you as parents as well and I'm I'm very uh, impressed by who you are your personalities and your characters and she is so lucky uh, to have you as parents obviously you are lucky to have her uh, oh, but uh, vice versa uh, yeah you. it can just see that you yeah, you just have so much love for her and love for life and love for your family and obviously that's going to be translated uh, down to children when parents are like that so just oh wow I just thank, have a lot of positivity you. right now. I don't, I don't yeah, have I think any uh, Nick and I, like Nick said, very early on, we decided, you know, we can choose to be miserable or we can mm. actually go the other way and see what we can make of life. And um, I just, you know, you know, Nishaya, like if you see Nishaya, she's just a beam of light. Um, you know, we walk out into the mall. People are drawn to Nishaya. She carries mm. such a positive energy. She is a very uh, old soul, I believe. She's come here to teach us a lot of lessons. So when you are around Nishai, you can't help but be positive. So I think that's where we get it from. I, I definitely get that from the posts that you share on mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, there, there's something in her eyes. And it, even though we are thousands of miles away and we are, I am seeing this through a screen and it's pixels, it still translates. There's something more there. And uh, yeah. I, I would agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. Now, your decision regarding this living positively, as, as you said, Nick, you can, um, you said decide to thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was that, did that come out of Nashaya's diagnosis? Or was that something that you had decided early on in a relationship before Nashaya was even in the picture? No, I think it really cemented. So 
it really boils down to an occasion. So essentially what happened was when we got Nishaya's diagnosis um, and there was a bunch of things that happened. So anyway, we, we had her diagnosed when she was three years old. And then shortly after that, we went into a, a RITS conference that they, they hold every couple of years here in New Zealand. Um, and I remember being at that conference and it was still so raw, you know, the, the motion just coming to terms with, we knew something was, you know, obviously kind of going on with Nishaya and, you know, we'd been to all these pediatric specialists and, and the private sector trying to figure out, you know, what was wrong, but eventually got that diagnosis. And then shortly after that, we went to this conference and, um, I think, you know, it was just the whole rawness of what we're dealing with and also observing a lot of the other parents and, and, um, you know, what they, and they were telling us their stories, you know, they were giving us the good and the bad. Um, and right then, then, you know, both Nilma and I made that decision that, you know, you can, you've always got two paths in life, you know, you can either just survive because as, as human beings, it's, it's naturally built in us to just survive. All right, they've been doing it. We've been doing it for years and years, but it takes a lot of effort, dedication, um, and just you know mindset in terms of pivoting to a a thrive type of mindset. And right then, then we sort of made that adjustment and said, look, you know, whatever we're going to do, we're going to do and give ourselves an amazing life, uh, and ensure that you know this little girl who's come to us um, has an epic life, you know. And I think. We've done so many things and, you know, so many challenges that we've had to overcome because, you know, you have to work harder when you've got a special child. Uh, you have to, you know, battle so many things that and normal people, uh, normal parents have to battle, but, you know, just it is a little bit harder in that, in that respect. But, you know, coming out of it and, you know, 10 years down the track, I think that's where we find ourselves today is we're so grateful. You know, we're so grateful that we made that adjustment in life. Um, and, uh, yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I think it was a very conscious decision to make sure that, you know, I think we were always motivated in life, but that push of having a special need child gave us that extra conscious decision to say, no, we are going to make sure we give her a good life and we are going to have a good life. So it sounds like what you're saying is, is that's kind of always been who you are. Um, and Nashaya coming into your life made you realize what an important aspect of that that is an important aspect of who you are and how you wanted that to be essentially uh, the essence of your mm. family whether it be a motto or something like that it's what you live by and and I can see it in what you've shared shared through your 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 Instagram post you see that it's not only the positivity as I've already mentioned but also you're there's doing there's stuff Great. that is happening and I'm really excited to for our family that we're living in a time where the decision isn't whether or not we're going to, you know, institutionalize our child or leave her at home with a caregiver all the time. The culture has changed enough where it, it doesn't really matter if somebody comes to the table with this personality, this trait that you have. And I think Sarah and I, to the same extent have something similar to that where we want to just continue to lead a normal life. Anybody from any background who may be blessed with a child with special needs, the community essentially says you continue to live. Mm -hmm. You do stuff. You find mm -hmm. a way. You don't let it be a, a hindrance. 
Absolutely. And yeah, you know, like one of the key learnings, I think, from our life, I remember back in, you know, when we got that diagnosis and we we're trying to readjust is, you know, I, I quit a couple of jobs that I had um, and I was traveling around, you know, I had like an international kind of career, uh, traveling to different parts of the world. But, you know, we just had to almost, um, you know, cut our accords in a sense and just reassess and kind of put life back onto perspective. And as a, as a team, as a collective, as a family, uh, we had to almost, you know, go back to zero and say, okay, what's our roles now? You know, what am I going to do to ensure that we have this life that we want to have? Um, and same thing with Nilma. Uh, and, you know, we had to make some adjustments like, you know, Norma couldn't go back to her career that, you know, she had had obviously beforehand. Um, I had to pivot in terms of what I was doing in my career uh, and, and to be able to obviously still uh, create this life, uh, but really look at myself. You know, I think parenting in a nutshell really is a reflection on, on you as a parent more than the actual child. Um, and that's the way I've kind of seen it. And it's almost become a journey that I've learned myself through Nishaya's uh, life and uh, same thing for Nilma. So it's, um, it's quite a interesting concept to kind of understand, but um, yeah. And, you know, resetting life and just you know, making those pivots and adjustments. Uh, but all I can say is, you know, long-term, if you stick to a plan, uh, you know, things just surface and, and start happening. Yeah. I, I actually feel um, to some degree, I feel like Nishaya's given birth to a newer version of me. That's how I look at it, look at things because I remember having, um, you know, prior to having Nishaya, yes, I was motivation, I was a positive person, but did I have goals? No, I was okay living life as it was, you know, I was living a pretty perfect life. We dated for what, seven years, we got married, we had a really good marriage. Um, and Nick used to ask me, because Nick's always been like the, uh, you know, the overdriven, the, the ambitious one. And he was like, what's your goal? And I'd be like, my goal i don't have a goal i'm happy just you know leave me alone i'm good, I'm good. <laughs> and now and now I've, you know like since having nishaya i think i've become such an empowered person myself she's given me so much drive to say no okay we have been given an obstacle but um she, she's empowered me to actually go no actually you know, I do have the right to live a good life. I have a right to create a good life for my child. Um, she's motivated me. It's amazing how Nishaya, without speaking a word, has taught us so much. Mm. Um, That's true. It, it's, she's like, I call her our little Buddha because without speaking a word, she has translated so much learning into us. She's awakened us, you know, spiritually um, in, in like in so many ways. I, I just can't even, you know, there's so many things she's taught us. <laughs> That'd be another podcast. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we need to uh, get you to write all those things down and we can share that at a later date because it sounds like she, uh, yeah, the way she's able to communicate has opened your eyes to other things. And I, yeah. I certainly see that beginning to happen in our life. Zoe, only five years old at this point. So she's got much, uh, quite a bit of time to catch up to Nishaya. Uh, in terms of being able to relay uh, what she has to share with us. But nonetheless, I, I can certainly see that. And and I've noticed, and I, I think, Neoma, are, are you mainly the the one who's managing uh, Nishaya's Instagram account? Instagram? Yes, okay. I am. I'm the Facebook. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, so it, it seems like you talk quite a bit on there about faith, too. And I don't... Um, 
it, where Sarah and I come from in our background, faith and spirituality are are very much linked. And I don't know if that's the same in your background as well, if uh, or if if they're very different. But nonetheless, you talk about keeping the faith and having faith in in things happening the way they're supposed to, supposed to. How has that uh, also driven your life with having Nishaya in it? Okay, great um, right, question. Because I um, I live by faith, so. Just a little background, before having Nishaya, I was very religious, and now I'm spiritual. So there's a big difference. Um, I think spirituality-wise, I, you know, I believe there's God. I believe in all gods. I believe that, you know, there's angels around us, and I, I speak to the universe. I, you know, I do things that helps me to move forward. So um, there's been situations where, you know, we have ended up in ED and it, the situation has been bad. She's been in, you know, um, they've had to medicate her, keep her, you know, uh, down for like three, four days. And, you know, we don't know what the situation will be in the next hour. So what all I have is my faith to know that we got through this once and something is looking after us. Um, someone, something higher, you know, a higher power is there always looking after us. So I, I rely on my faith. I know that no matter what things will always, my motto is things always work out for us perfectly. Now, I don't know how, I don't need to know how it's going to work. I just have that much faith within me to know that it will work out. Sometimes it might not be what I want it to be, but I know that if I surrender it, whatever, whoever's looking after me, they will work it out to how it has to be in that situation. Um, Nishaya has really spiritually awakened, like awakened me. Um, you know, I, I, I do Reiki energy healing. Um, I was not into any of this. I didn't even know what Reiki was and wasn't really into energy healing. Um, I have stories after stories, how these things came about in my path. So I, I, I probably can't explain fully what faith is to me in words, but I just feel it in every inch of my, um, like it's, it's in me. I even got it tattooed on my wrist because sometimes I don't have the energy to speak the word, but I know it's in me. It's on me. <laughs> it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it just carries us through. Yeah. One of the things that I read that you had, you had uh, written was uh, that you, you can't describe it very well, but that you can feel it. There's mm. something that comes over you. I think you, the word you used was an energy that yes. comes over you. And I think that's a wonderful tool for you to be able to tap into in those difficult mm. times. I, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Definitely. I think, yeah, something that we, we say sometimes is energy is our currency, you know, and I think really that's what faith is in, in a nutshell um, is that, you know, I mean, we've been through so many journeys in terms of, you have religion and changing religion and, you know, so many things. I'm not, not saying that there were bad things, you know, everything sort of helped us, but we were always trying to find something to help our child, you know, as we went through the journey, you know, there's uh, story after story in terms of, you know, things that we did. Um, but in the end, I think, you know, if you, like Norma said, if you surrender and you really understand that, you know, there is a higher power operating within us, outside us, everywhere, um, and they're always guiding you. You just need to be able to kind of almost understand and, and be able to interpret some of that stuff that's coming through to you. Um, really helps, really helps you kind of navigate through life because, um, I mean, I have no doubt that, you know, things like mental health and all this kind of stuff, you know, it all comes about because we're not really that connected uh, possibly uh, to, to life. Uh, so it's really helped us, you know, um, massively in terms of what we do. I'm, I'm pausing for a reason. 
you got me thinking, Nick. <laughs> you got me thinking because you said <clears throat> regarding the uh, specifically related to the mental health aspect. I, I wonder if sometimes because of the information age that we currently live in, it's hard for us to accept that we don't know everything because most answers are at our fingertips with our phones, uh, with our computers. We can gather information very quickly. Mm. And I wonder if, if having or accepting, I guess is what I want to say, accepting that you don't know everything, which is, is that's fine. Mm. Taking that back to, what this podcast is all about <laughs> families with special needs and Rett syndrome. I'm definitely the type of person that wants to fix stuff. Sarah, I think sometimes yes. you are too. Yes, I am. And we can't fix Rett syndrome. Hmm. And I think our backgrounds being what they are has given us uh, a perspective on our current situation that it is okay to not have the answer for everything. What is important is knowing that you can find a way to overcome an obstacle. Hundred percent. I um. I mean, I, I've worked for Pfizer and these big pharmaceutical companies. You know, that are fixing stuff and you know, making drugs and vaccines, helping the world. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think you're really, yeah, you know, information is information you know there's over information in, in this day and age that we live in um and really it's all about you know actionable plans that you put into perspective day to day so um you know just doing things day to day with your um son or daughter um and just being present you know doing little things um and having those little wins every day uh with your family i think you know that's really what it all boils down to you know if there is something that comes about down the track um, then, you know, that'll happen. But um, in effect, you know, and you just got to live in the moment, right? Most definitely. Most definitely. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard. It's very hard to do. And uh, I think most definitely in our, both of our family situation, it, it is very hard to enjoy all the moments because sometimes. Sometimes they're not great. They're not great. <laughs> <laughs> Number great. one. Yeah. And then also it's so busy. It's so busy, so much going on. I, I don't know, yeah. Sarah, I don't know how you keep up with everything with all of Zoe's therapies and, and appointments. It's, I, I just do because <laughs> they need to happen. You have to. So exactly. we do it. <laughs> and I, yes. imagine, I imagine it's hard to be in the moment in those situations. Uh, I know Zoe absolutely loves being able to go do uh, therapy with the horses at the ranch. Mm. And I know the boys enjoy going and seeing the horses and seeing Zoe participate in that. Yeah. But I imagine it's also hard to be in that moment with the kids too. Because when I went with you, it was hard for me. And that's what you're it dealing sometimes with sometimes is. But it's at the same time, it's kind of nice because we're in a different place than I leave my phone in the car and the kids just <laughs> get to play outside and, you know, yeah. while Zoe's doing therapy. So it's, it's kind of nice. I like it. I miss going just as much as they do when we have to <laughs> when we have to miss it. 
<laughs> you love seeing the horses too. I do. And the goats. I do. I actually do. I know almost all of their names. Like, I right. do. I love it. I didn't realize it had gotten to that point. So Yeah, it's gotten to that point. <laughs> nice. we're, we're there. <laughs> we're there. I hope we don't have to give them Christmas gifts this next year. No. Okay, good. No, we won't have to do that. But. Good, good. I don't know how to feel about giving a goat. <laughs> wheel of cheese or I don't know what you'd give a goat for Christmas. I don't think it's a wheel of cheese. Well, but. trash. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. So you guys have talked a lot about, um, you know, thriving and, and doing. And one of the things that I am so excited for us to talk about is Nishi's art projects. And what you guys are doing with those. So can you, would you guys mind telling us about that? Yeah, look, um, it's sort of within the show, you know, we always try and get her to understand that, you know, you have to look past yourself um, and, you know, look at life, I guess, bigger than yourself. So um, I was always wanting to do something with the family where, you know, we're giving back. So we've been doing random things throughout our life, you know, in terms of, uh, giving food and pizzas and stuff, you know, to the homeless. But I really wanted to do a project with Nishaya. And, um, you know, we, as a parent, I think it's your duty to almost understand your child, especially when they're special, um, and see, you know, what sort of skills and talents do they have? Because they'll obviously need that sort of um, added help. And really what I was starting to uncover, and despite Nishaya's, I guess, uh, issues in terms of, you know, um, and challenges, I should say, is a better word, in terms of not being able to use her hands and mm-hmm. non-verbal and can't walk in and, and talk and so forth. But um, I could see that, you know, we've, when we had this app that we used to give to her uh, to do um, painting, uh, she'd absolutely love it, you know, and she was doing stuff on this iPad and sort of releasing and, and, and being artistic on it. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, this is something that she's enjoying. Um, and she was pr- producing art, you know, and I thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity where we could harness what she's doing. So she's obviously got this creative flair and she's she's making something um, and then develop that into a, um, a charity. So in effect, we created nishayasharma.com um, and uh, all the paintings that she's doing on there, um, we basically... Uh, raise money so she sells each art piece for around about $50 a piece um, and 100% of that is donated to a, a kids charity every month um, and you know there's a sense of pleasure uh, for her because she loves doing what she's doing um, and at the same time it's you know it's contributing to children's charity uh, charities and you know we're really specific in terms of uh, the ones that we're trying to help uh, it's obviously kids uh, it's kids in need um, and yeah it's a, it's a great project I think that's really sad to get some leaks it it is I, you go look at the website and there's some really awesome bits of work that she has done how what's what's kind of her process does she tell you when she wants to paint do you set aside time where you're gonna sit down and work on it together how what, how does that uh, come about? Yeah, pretty much. So we'll, we'll sort of gear her up from, you know, the morning or the day before the, hey, um, she, we're going to be uh, wanting some um, sort of time uh, with you with the, the app. Um, and we need you to, you know, get some paintings out if you want to. Uh, so obviously prep her and understand, you know, where she's at with her energy levels. Um, and look, sometimes she can belt out two, sometimes three paintings all in one go. So um, 
depending on you know her her mood and and her energy levels. Um, but yeah, look, she's um, she's really creative, you know. So I think you know kids get tired uh, with reds, as you know, quite quickly. So you need to get the timing right. Uh, but apart from that, you know, she's, um, she enjoys it. You know, I think that's the most pleasurable thing as a, as a father and as a mum, uh, to see her enjoying what she's doing. And then eventually that turns into something you know, bigger than herself, which is quite cool. What has been some of the responses from the charities that you've been able to donate to? They've actually been blown by it because when we introduce ourselves, we all say, I'm Nishaya's mom. Nishaya is, um, you know, she's been diagnosed with Red Syndrome. And I've got some emails that have come through and they're like, please sincerely thank Nishaya because they are just blown away when they go on and read about Red Syndrome. They're like, but how is she doing this? You know, like, <laughs> you know, that's so, so the response has been really, really good among the charities. And um, we started back in November. So we've done three. We just need to upload stuff onto our website. Um, and we will be doing um, Cure Kids next month. So that, that they are like a research company that uh, work on, you know, finding cures for all the common syndromes and stuff that kids are suffering from so I spoke to this particular lady and um, she just said she said we've never seen anything like this because you know it's it's another child helping so many children and it's not much but as when you look at the care you know what Nishaya's condition it actually you know it all every dollar adds up um, so it, it has been amazing I mean it's, it, we've had really good response yeah well and I'm, I'm sure tying it back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the interview uh, regarding spirituality, I'm sure that there is some um, positivity being fed to your family as a whole spiritually when you're able to give back. Uh, mm -hmm. That it, that is, there's something more when you're able to not tangible, something not tangible when you're able to give something to somebody uh, to a charity or something like that. There's something that grows within you. And I'm sure mm -hmm. as this project continues, um, obviously Nishaya, like you said, Yelma, she's, she's an old spirit and I'm sure mm -hmm. she's going to become even more wise as she continues to do this for however long she wants to do it. Who are some of the people who have been purchasing her artwork? Yeah. So uh, we've actually had a massive response from, you know, not just friends and family, but, you know, just um, sort of extended family. Uh, we've, we've run it quite close in a sense where, you know, we've only been sort of putting it out to people that are on our Facebook um, and, you know, these are, and to be honest, you know, it's not just Kiwis that are buying it as in New Zealanders. Uh, we've had uh, friends and family uh, buying it from Australia, from Canada, from the U S um, so it's quite cool in a sense where, you know, there's um, a whole bunch of different uh, people that are interested in uh, and all around effectors, you know, everyone loves, you know, what they, what they're getting and obviously seeing the process as well. So there's a video that we did uh, where she shows how Nishai is actually doing the paintings. Um, Cause I think there's always this kind of mysticism in terms of, well, you know, she can't use her hands. So how does she do the painting? But you'll yeah. see quite distinctly in the video that, you know, she's, She's got the iPad in front of her and she's basically tapping away despite, you know, involuntary movement. She's actually creating it. So it's, um, it's obviously a massive amount of effort from her, but mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's interesting to, to see the process for sure. Now I have to ask, and maybe, uh, maybe you've already asked Nishaya on this, but the names mm -hmm. of the paintings, 
They are some <laughs> of the most amazing <laughs> names that I've ever read. I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now, but if it, could you remind me? Oh, here we go. I've got it pulled up here. We've got um, Lollipop. This was my favorite one. Cosmic Candy. And number one, obviously, is going to be Unicorn Sparkles. Yeah. Where are these names coming from? This is They're incredible. It's the stuff she loves. Like, so these are things that, you know, that's Nishaya in, in a nutshell. Um, and with, that's what we, that's where we're generating a lot of this. So once she's finished it, the, the processes that, you know, would come up with some things that she resonates with or that, you know, things that um, Norma and I, and uh, Norma and, and Nishaya talk about quite often. Um, and then, but before we, obviously name it, we go through a series of um, sort of yes, no hand gestures. So mm -hmm. a lot of what we do in the show in terms of communication, uh, she's very good with eye coordination and, and isolating, you know, what she wants. Um, so yeah, um, it's all with, with her input for mm -hmm. sure. It's everything she loves. She loves unicorns. Um, so we had to name, you know, one at least yeah. <laughs> um, after unicorns. And um, candy, she loves candy. Uh, cosmic, I think because we are so much into manifestation and the universe, so we had to use cosmic. Um, and then lollipop, it's just, you know, things just... Another candy. Yeah, like... Yeah, candy. Yeah. Just, just, just making sure with Nisha she's happy with it. Um, so going through the process, like Nick said. So it's, it's a team effort. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Well, in, mm. and it shows that this really is Nashaya's work. Uh, mm. this is, of course, she's going to receive assistance from her parents, just as any child who would be mm. wanting to do something like this would. This is hers, though. She absolutely. is doing the painting itself, and then she's mm. coming up with a name for it. Like, this is her, which is so impressive, and just a testament to the fact that we truly don't understand the potential of individuals with special needs until we give them the opportunity to show us. It would be very easy to put her in a corner and leave her alone and, and let her watch television or, or listen to music and just be by herself, which I'm sure at times she does enjoy doing that. Zoe loves doing mm -hmm. that sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, but, so does Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but as you mentioned at the beginning, le leading a full life is so important to your family. And this is the one away, one of the ways that Nashaya is able to do that uh, through creativity. I think it really is about giving your child the opportunity to thrive. Um, and like Nick said, you know, it was up to us to sort of identify where the strength is. And we don't want to get Nashaya doing something that she's not going to enjoy. This is something she was enjoying. So it gave us yeah. the opportunity to dive into that and see what we can actually do about it. Mm. Um, I think the other thing, Sam, you just said was, um, I think, you know, when you are living in a positive environment, things sort of evolve. Um, things naturally take a positive direction. So one thing we've done with Nishaya ever since um, she got diagnosed, because I felt like I had to help myself get into a better mind space. I started listening to affirmations. This, this was something we did every morning. To this day, we do it. You know, we'll come downstairs, we'll turn the TV on, put on affirmations, have it in the background while we prepare bre you know, breakfast. And then the most amazing thing happened one day, about two years ago, we listen to affirmations where it says, I am strong, I am smart, I am healthy, I am loving, I am loved. And one day while we were having breakfast, this affirmation was going on in the background and Nishaya looked at us and she goes, I am. This is a child that's been diagnosed as she will never speak. 
And for Nishaya to go, I am, I mean, I've got goosebumps as I'm sharing this oh because gosh. it's so real for us mm. because it's all going into a subconscious mind. So I have no doubt that, you know, what our children listen to, what they are um, introduced to and what they are exposed to mm. makes them up as a whole. Mm. Um, so for Nishaya to say that, and she still will say it, will be like, oh, Nishaya, you're so strong. And she'll say, I am. Mm. And for me, it's like, that's my greatest gift ever because she empowers me. I'm like, wow, if she can say that, if she can understand that, what else can she do? Yes. One of my pet peeves in the Rett syndrome community is there was this documentary done in the nineties called silent angels. And I know it did a lot of good to bring awareness to Rett syndrome. Uh, Julia Roberts was the host of it. And like I said, I'm, it did a lot of good to bring awareness, but I think one of the, mo the most negative things that has come from that is this belief that individuals with Rett syndrome don't have a voice. Mm. And I believe we've already talked about it on the podcast before about some negative stuff that is that is that I have been exposed to in the Rett syndrome community where people are so entrenched in their beliefs that an individual who has received the Rett syndrome diagnosis fits in this box. Mm. And there is nothing outside of that box. That is absolutely unequivocally not true. And this mm -hmm. is proof of that. Mm -hmm. it, it takes Nashaya, I'm sure, much more effort to express herself. Mm -hmm. But in doing that effort, I'm sure that things are going to stick more. Just like for Zoe, for example, she uses an eye gaze device. She is mm -hmm. still learning, but there are things that are coming out of her eye gaze that is it's directly from her brain that she's sharing with us that if we continue to believe that all individuals with Rett syndrome are silent angels, we wouldn't even bother trying. And for me, that just shows that it is possible for anybody to do anything so long as we believe in them. Uh, like you said, Nilma, exposing them to the right things to in, increase positivity and happiness and just say, you can do it. You can do mm -hmm. it. It may take you a long time. It may take you years. It may take you days. It may take you hours. It doesn't matter, but you can, mm. you can Absolutely. do it. We believe in you and we'll help you figure out a way to do it. That's really beautiful. Now I would be remiss if I did not ask about this as well. You are the first family that we've had the pleasure of meeting from New Zealand. What is some of the support that is in New Zealand for families who have children with Rett syndrome? Um, it's actually pretty good. I, I, I have to say, you know, I, I hear the general public sort of complain about the healthcare, but for us, because we've gone through something so real from the time Nishaya got diagnosed, I didn't have to contact anyone, everyone from the speech therapist to the occupational therapist, to the physiotherapist, we have a social worker as well. They were introduced to us because once you go into the system, everyone sort of gets to know Nishaya's there, Nishaya's family needs help. So they sort of came to us. Now, when you, uh, when the kids get to the age of five, that's when schooling starts here in New Zealand. 
you go into a different system. So the school pretty much provides all the care that, the, that I've just named, but the only difference is it does come through the schooling system. So it has been pretty pretty amazing, actually. Um, we, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at school, she gets school therapist, um, sorry, physiotherapist coming through. Because it's a bigger school, she goes to a special needs school. Obviously, there's like, you know, more children in a classroom. So she doesn't get help from the therapist as much as I would like on a daily basis. So it's more like a weekly basis or a fortnightly routine. But the help is definitely there. And we have been pretty impressed. That's good. That sounds very similar to uh, a family that we met who lives in Iceland, uh, where once they ended up in the system, uh, it was people who are reaching out to them. And I think that's really wonderful to to have those connections be presented to you rather than you have to go chase them down because mm. you're you're having to go through the grieving process of the diagnosis and the fact that your entire life paradigm has has changed. Mm. And so having them introduced to you is is that's really, really wonderful. Uh, what what about uh, are there any? Uh, nonprofit charity organizations that are focused heavily on Rett syndrome or that you guys associate to just find out more information on uh, working with uh, resources that are available for individuals with special needs outside of the government? Um, so we have a Rett syndrome organization in New Zealand. Um, it's, it's just made up of parents. So it's a really nice platform. It's a nice forum on Facebook for us to connect to other, uh, to other parents. You know, if we have a question, we might just go, Hey, just got a question. Has anyone had experienced this? So that's the sort of support we have. Now the association, they run a, um, conference every yearly. I think it's gone to two yearly two. now, but obviously due to COVID it's been canceled in the last couple of years. Um, but, um, I, you know, they don't do so like, they're not involved in your life every single day, but they definitely are there if you have any questions. Well, that's good. That's wonderful to hear to have that uh, uh, parent support group as well. We've definitely appreciated that yeah. and the connections that we've made, uh, both officially and official, you know, capacities and groups. But then obviously just making these connections like with you guys mm -hmm. has been so lovely and wonderful to be able to find out that we do have shared experiences and to get inspiration of what we can do as a family to improve mm -hmm upon i think we're doing pretty good right sarah we're doing all right uh, there was a good. pause there <laughs> <laughs> i think we're doing pretty good okay okay maybe, maybe we need to talk and figure out what i'm not seeing <laughs> but that's not a conversation for the podcast anyways to wrap things up though nilma nick thank you so much for coming on the episode today and sharing about your family sharing about the efforts that Nishaya is is putting in to make the world a better place i very much want to say thank you for the positivity and the energy yes. and uh, while it may not have been intended as advice i took a lot of it as as advice personally and i am going to enjoy listening to this interview again in the future uh, to encourage me to try to be i don't know if better is the right word try to be try to have more energy okay yeah I have more energy. Yes. Yes. We've been talking about energy, manifestation, putting things out into the universe. Not not having to use substances like caffeine. Not the caffeine <laughs> energy. There's nothing the, wrong with caffeine. The positivity you, energy. Thank you, Nick. I knew I liked you. I knew I liked no you. I'm up to my fifth cup already, mate. So. Hey, there you go. There you go. 
Well, if people wanted to connect with you and Nashaya, where should they go to be able to do that? Um, I think probably the best place would be Nishaya's Journey on Instagram. Um, maybe if you could leave, leave a link yep, below. Uh, but I think that probably would be the best place because then they could direct messages. Um, and also Nishaya's website is if anyone's interested to check out her paintings. It's uh, com. We will definitely right. leave a link for all of those things in the show notes of this episode so that way people connect with it. Thank you so much, you guys. We look forward to talking with you again in the future. Thank you so much for Thanks having us. Thanks very much, us. guys. We Absolutely. appreciate it. A big thank you once again to the Sharmas for coming on. It's a really great conversation. So pleasant to chat with them. They have such a wonderful perspective on everything and definitely energize me. Yes, me too. Anyways, we're looking forward to talking with them again in the future. Maybe even meeting them. Yeah. We have an around the world tour we're going to have to do. Yes. <laughs> so uh, all all the families, be prepared. Uh-huh. We're going to come sleep on your couches and clear, the floors. Yep. Clear your schedule for us. <laughs> Whenever that may be. <laughs> yeah, don't know when, but at some point we're gonna be we're gonna be traveling around the world. Apparently. Yep. Sarah, it's time for can't leave it. It is. Tell us what you cannot leave. My can't leave it today is dinner time. I'm so sick of our dinner time meals. Our dinner time meals. I said that really funny. I'm sick of, of the dinners that we've been eating. Oh, okay. I'm sick of making them. I'm sick of eating them. Like, I'm tired of them. So you're wanting to change things up? Yes. What I'm wanting you, to change things up. What are you thinking? Well, that's the problem. I don't know. You don't know what you're thinking? No. <laughs> yes? I don't know how to answer that. Me neither. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible question. It was a terrible question. I don't know, like... I don't want to make a ton of new meals. Like I don't want to do a ton of new meals because I have a good system for the meals that we're eating. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm really tired of them. Maybe we need to look at getting a like a specialty cookbook that re-energizes, reinvigorates. That could be fun. Because we did some really fun stuff for a while at the beginning of our marriage. Yeah, we used... That app? Yeah. It's an app called Meal Lime. Yeah. We did. We used that for a while. And that was good. I think what I need to do is just like do one new meal a week. Like just do one. Not try and like do all new meals right off the bat. I don't know. So if anybody listening... If you've got some some good, easy, could be fast, or crock pot. I don't have an Instapot. I didn't jump on that train. Um, I do have an air fryer. I got on that train. <laughs> um, so if you've got any meals that you want to share, uh, drop, put them, put them in our comments. Drop them in our comments. 
on the podcast or on... They can't leave comments on the podcast. What? Since when? Since forever. You listen to podcasts? Yes. <laughs> okay, what what app do you use? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's the one that looks like raindrops. Huh? Isn't there one that looks like raindrops? I don't know of one. I don't know. I do listen to podcasts. <laughs> I do. Anyway, um, okay, fine. Not on the podcast platform. But on our Instagram, we always have an Instagram post about the episode. Oh, we do have that. So, so post Instagram or Facebook. Why not just send us a message? Well, how are they going to do that? Through Instagram or Facebook. Okay, well, you could do that too. <laughs> but there might be other people that want to know what you're having for dinner. So okay, share with everybody or just share with us. That's fine too. I'll take it. Whichever way. <laughs> I'm losing it. You are incredibly looping. Oh, dear. Okay. Sam, what's your can't leave it? <gasps> so, uh, you said can't leave it, and I didn't say can't leave it. No, because you droned on a bit after I started the music. So we just jumped right into it. I'm not saying that as a bad thing, a negative thing. I'm, I'm saying that's what happened. Usually when people say you droned on, that's a bad thing. That is true. That was that was a poor choice of words. You wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> I don't think that's even better. <laughs> no, it's not better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's your can't leave it? <laughs> okay, so... Over this past week, uh, I was I, I revisited a genre of music that I haven't listened to. Ooh, in music! A while. Uh, yeah, we're doing another music one. You haven't talked about music for a while. No, I haven't. Uh, and I, I shared some of it with you mm-hmm. that I was listening to. Yeah. So, for people who don't know, I attended college to become a music teacher, and then. I didn't actually become a music teacher because I realized teachers don't make money. <laughs> In fact, uh, I asked a friend how much he was making and he told me and he said, and I said, wait a second, I'm making more money in the job that I'm in right now and it has more potential. <laughs> so uh, I, I did not, um, I did not actually become a music teacher, but it doesn't change the fact that I really enjoy uh, mainly classical types of music. Not that it would necessarily be called that, but that's what most people would know it as. So that being said, I ran into a song that I hadn't heard in a while, and I wanted to share it with you because it has a very funny story with it as well. Okay. So a very sappy, sad song. Right. The composer's name is Eric Whitaker, which you may recognize that name because he did a viral video 12 years ago where he did a virtual choir. And he had people from around the world that sent in submissions and participated in this virtual choir. It That's was really, cool. really cool. 
So this particular song is called The Seal Lullaby. And it's got a very interesting story behind it. So I'm going to read a little excerpt from, uh, I think it's his website. Uh, But it says... Uh, The background of the story of this song is that shortly after attending a musical theater workshop in 2004, Eric Whitaker was soon contacted by a big film studio. They were interested in creating a new classic animated film based on Rudyard? I don't know how to pronounce that. R-U-D-Y-A-R-D? Rudyard? I don't know. Kipling's The White Seal. After reading the Kipling's poem, Whitaker was overwhelmed with emotions and began to write. Quote, I was struck so deeply by those first beautiful words and the simple, sweet Disney-esque song that just came gushing out of me. I wrote it down as quickly as I could, had my wife record it while I accompanied her on the piano, and then dropped it off at the studio. All right. Sounds pretty straightforward in getting a score. Written for a a movie. Nothing crazy there. This uh, article continues. However, Whitaker heard nothing back from the studio. Quote, I didn't hear anything from them for weeks and weeks, and I began to despair. Did they hate it? Was it too melodically complex? Did they even listen to it? I finally called them, begging to know the reason they had rejected my tender song. Oh, said the executive. We decided to make Kung Fu Panda instead. (laughs) It's it's an absolutely beautiful piece of music. And they they decided to sideline it for Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) So anyways, if you're interested in listening to the full recording of The Seal Lullaby, I will leave a link to it in the show notes of this episode. And with that, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so that you're notified when we publish episodes, which is every other Monday morning. And please leave us a rating. Leave us a message or a question on the Anchor app and you can become part of the show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pretty Happy Pod, where we share episode clips, news and updates, and photos of our adorable daughter. If you would like to be interviewed on our show, reach out to us on any of our social media accounts, or you can send us an email at prettyhappypod at gmail.com. For more information about Rett Syndrome, visit rettsyndrome.org.